Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. We love our neighbors in South Salt Lake. Sometimes we even think about annexing them, but we would never, of course. Today, South Salt Lake City Council member Natalie Pinckney joins me for a special South Salt Lake-themed news roundup. Because some of the city's fiercest battles are a good barometer for change in our valley. It's Friday, February 3rd, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake, the podcast against local. South Salt Lake City Council member Natalie Pinckney. So happy to have you. Also, you're vice chair of the council this year, right? Uh, last year. This year, I'm just my own lone ranger, so to speak. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm excited for this South Salt Lake-themed news roundup because I personally am obsessed with South Salt Lake. Wish I could afford to live there, but more on that later. For people who are like, South Salt Lake, what? I didn't even know it was its own city. Why should we be paying attention? Yes, definitely should pay attention if you especially did not know it's its own city, which basically mm. I would say the big next hub. Think Sugar House, 15th and 15th. Um, that's coming to the Valley. We've been investing in arts and we have tons of development that have just been booming year after year, which is, of course, um, started some chatter within the town on the direction that we're going overall. But I would say if you're not paying attention to South Salt Lake, you should be because soon when you drive through state Street, which is how most people come through our city, uh, you'll be like, oh, what's going on? And then you'll want to move here. (laughs) Is South Salt Lake currently, because to me, I feel like when I'm there, I look around and I see almost more businesses than houses, but maybe I'm not going further south enough. Like what is kind of the like demographic makeup of South Salt Lake right now? Yes. So South Salt Lake, like most municipals, you know, we're not in a perfect square or or circle, so to speak. Most people uh, recognize us when they enter us on State Street right after 21st, and then we go all the way to 39th. Some Mm. parts of town, we go as far as 700 East, and then as far west as 13th West, depending, of course, on what street. It's always fun. Some people may think that, like, Nibley Park our golf course is in South Salt Lake, but it's yeah. actually not in South Salt Lake. But if you go huh. behind it, you are in South Salt Lake. So it's it's this fun kind of bubble and there's always small streets, but there are more businesses in South Salt Lake than residential neighborhoods. And that can mm. change because we do have a lot of developments coming in, but it will be a, a long-term project to be the other way around. Okay, let's get into what I think is probably the hottest showdown happening in South Salt Lake right now that's certainly captured my attention. I'm calling it Miller Subaru versus Winslow Avenue. 
Can you kind of like lay this out for us? Yes. So Mark Miller Subaru um, has purchased for quite some years now um, a couple of parcels or plots of land, you know, just keeping it for the regular folks (laughs) listening on the on the pod. We don't Um, know zoning. Yeah, I know. I was like zoning can be a little bit boring, so I won't use the word parcel. But anyway, so they bought a couple of lots um, that they own for a couple of years now and are wanting to now turn those lots into a parking lot, demolish two homes and keep one for business purposes uh, uh, for their marketing department. So this has been, I think, one of those things when you're on city council, you never know what's going to fuel a neighborhood. You never know what residents are going to show up for. And many mm-hmm. times, especially in South Salt Lake, unlike Salt Lake City, no one's really paying attention to our little council meetings. You know, most of the people <laughs> who are watching our staff members. So when we do have people come, it's kind of like, wow, people are coming. And then it's always, yeah. it's also another, wow, okay, people are coming. We should start paying attention. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the way I operate. So the folks of Winslow came to city council. Council, um, and basically voice that they are a community and a neighborhood and a family and that by taking these homes away, it's really threatening that neighborhood sense that I think a lot of people yearn for um, and kind of refer back to waving to your neighbor and giving them a, a cup of sugar. Well, Winslow Avenue is already doing that. Like if you're looking for that, that's what's going on here. So now we have this kind of battle between what is more valuable? Is it sales or is it property? Is it neighborhood? Is it business? So that's where we're at right now, Allie. Okay. So if I understand correctly, Mark Miller Subaru, which I mean, they've been in South Salt Lake for more than 60 years. Like they're definitely members of the community. I wouldn't say they're like outsiders coming in. They want to expand their lot, which side note is like, this feels like a weird time to want to expand your car lot, given that it feels like everyone's buying cars online right now. And every I'm currently trying to like buy a car and there are no cars on the lot. So that to me is like kind of interesting. But um, anyway, so they like want to expand their lot and they already own these three basically like homes, these three properties in this neighborhood. So are they breaking the law or is this about basically just setting a precedent? Yeah, so no laws are being broken. And yeah, I would say, like you said, Mark Miller Subaru is not an outside entity. They've been in South Salt Lake since 1961 at that location, right? They are kind mm-hmm. of basically a part of the city. And there is no doubt that we have tons of businesses that we feel is a part of our overall nature and, and identity as South Salt Lake. It's not illegal. And the city council has no right to tell a property owner, thank God, what to do. Nobody wants that. No one's disagreeing with it. What really happens now is it's basically a conversation that I believe of values and what we value, knowing Mm. that both of these things are very much in the right. Mark Subaru is in the right to want to expand their business. They have been told by their corporation that they need more parking stalls. And Winslow Avenue wants to keep homes in their neighborhoods and they want more neighbors and they're right in that. So it's really a difficulty. Well, and of course we are in a housing crisis. And so seeing homes or like lots that are zoned as single family homes taken down and replaced not with like missing middle housing or apartments or whatever, but with, I don't know, right? Pave Paradise put up a parking lot. I think that also hits people as being kind of maybe obvious. But I mean, like how much business is Mark Miller Subaru bringing to South Salt Lake? Like, is there a sense on the council that there's a desire to appease this expansion because they're a valuable 
business member? I definitely think so. I know businesses as a whole make up about 65 to 70% of our sales tax in South Salt Lake. And that is one thing to definitely consider. And one of the issues that I've brought up to South Salt Lake is that how we're already car centric. And it's been Mm. actually a criticism from a lot of folks within smart urban planning and understanding how we're trying to build our South Salt Lake, which is mostly concrete at this very moment. And more finer development that I believe would be shopping, restaurants. I mean, we have young professionals. The average age most people don't even realize and probably why they don't know we're our own city is 18 to 34 year olds who, you know, are starting to engage in politics more or starting to engage in their cities have kind of been forced to do it because of the last couple years of the pandemic. They want more bars, more restaurants. I mean, hell, Mm. I want that. I probably talk about that all the time. So for me, I'm like, well, this is an opportunity, you know, we can't force Mark Miller to sell these homes. We can't force them to rent them out. We could deny this um, request and they could still demolish the homes and build a really weird parking lot. You know, they could really do whatever. But I think for us to go in this fear of, well, we have no choice isn't really true because I think it gives us an opportunity to still retain that cost, but have something that's more fun that people can use. It's not going to be as immediate as selling a car, but the long-term development, I think is what we should be focused Mm -hmm. on more. Yeah. So what is next in this like battle then? The the council votes when on whether or not to, I guess, approve this request? So we have a council meeting uh, next week, February 8th, and we could do a couple of things. We could vote yes, um, which would be going in the opposite direction of what the Planning Commission actually asked us to do because they heard this on January 19th and unanimously decided to deny this petition and recommended the council to do so. So we could either go against the recommendation of the Planning Commission, we can go with the recommendation of the Planning Commission, or we can actually continue to table this conversation, which, you know, may be needed. There may be more conversations. I know the folks in Winslow Avenue are really mobilizing and organizing. There's a Facebook group. There's a a couple of us that are actually going to go out this weekend and talk to not just Winslow Avenue, but the neighbors surrounding Winslow Avenue to really talk about what they believe is a bigger issue of encroachment. My biggest goal is not to attack businesses. I think that's like the biggest thing that I want folks to know that this is not an attack on businesses. It's more about the precedent, as you said, of we have residential areas that are zoned for single family homes. And we made a commitment when we made our general plan to not touch the zoning. And now we are touching the zone. So it's kind of like, okay, so we say we won't touch it, but then we might touch it. And that's, that's a real fear that folks have. So I think that, you know, we kind of have to make a stance and just go by what we said we would do. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. 
And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's Hot Cross Buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. One of the things that I think is so interesting to me about like witnessing the growth of South Salt Lake is that Mayor Sherry Wood does have a pretty clear vision. It seems like like since 2016, she has wanted South Salt Lake to have a downtown. And that is maybe finally happening. But like, how do you turn a city that most people know as a as a sort of predominantly business, like State Street's the central thoroughfare, not a ton of residential neighborhoods into something that feels more cohesive? And like, how do you build a downtown out of nothing? Like, what does that even look like? It's a big challenge and a big battle. And I think the mayor would understands that. I mean, she has done research, have traveled to other cities uh, that we're really trying to model after. And I think that's why you see our investment in after school programs like our Promise South Salt Lake, which is about really connecting with the families who are in our town, figuring out what mm-hmm. resources that they need. And that helps us to understand, OK, we want to invest in the co-op space, which is a new brand new development that we have in our Columbus Center. It's kind of like a co-working space. We want to put a coffee shop in there. We want to do workshops. We want to do art events. And then also investing in the arts. I'm on the arts council. And I would say I have seen a change of people being like, what's this mural fest Uh, year to year and being so excited about the festivals and the experiences that we're bringing. So I think that is kind of our way forward. And that's what Mayor Sheree Wood is doing is bringing people in our city and showing them how they can have fun from our arts council events, even to I know she does um, events on the Jordan River, right? Getting people to understand that that is a recreational part of our city that is definitely underutilized. Okay, you brought up the Columbus Center, so I have to ask because it feels like the last time Salt Lakers were talking about South Salt Lake, it was when students brought together basically this petition to the South Salt Lake City Council saying, we love our community recreation center. We don't love its name, which is the Columbus Center, named presumably after Christopher Columbus, a colonizer. Is there any movement on that? Because that was, it feels like it kind of faded away. Yeah, we started to make large uh, movements on that. Our youth council came and gave a fantastic presentation talking about how, you know, they are predominantly black and brown students who every day walk into a center named after a colonizer. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very heroic uh, presentation to give, knowing that they had adults much older than them, um, opposing them, attacking them, and wanting to still stand by that. And we knew that this was going to be a difficult conversation. And instead of us, even though, you know, we have the authority to just make a name and not listen to anyone, we didn't really want to go that route. So instead, Mm -hmm. we've actually started investing in different ways that we can do overall engagement with our residents. And that's what we want to focus on this year is hearing enough voices so that we can make an accurate decision for the overall city, knowing that this has been around much longer than our city has been around. So there is a historical piece that we want to honor. So it's really kind of like, how can we meet in the middle and bring safety? Because that's really what they were asking at the end of the day is they want to fill this overall safety. How can we give that to them? But also honor folks in our community who believe in the heritage and the history of Christopher Columbus. So that is a topic that we will be 
bringing back to the agenda sometime this year and focusing mm-hmm. on um, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. I think it will be, again, one of those things where um, it will be a lot of folks in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's going to bring people out for sure. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a, a riot. <laughs> a lot of feelings. Yes. Yes. Lots of feelings for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So I actually texted you because there was a story that was in the Trib a couple of years ago. It was like 2019 when this modeling agency opened shop in South Salt Lake. And they were like kind of leading this effort to rebrand South Salt Lake as Sosala. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do And then I saw City Weekly actually referred to Sosala in, a, in an article. So it feels like... So Sala is like having – it's having a similar effect as like Fetch. Like there are people that are really, really trying to make it happen, calling South Salt Lake So Sala. Is it going to happen? Okay. So I have – and you know how many feels I have about this. So – Yes. Oh my – okay. It, so Sala or – Oh, is it So Sala? The first time I heard it was when I was running for office and someone – actually a former – boss of mine so maybe that's why I have some feelings towards it was like so so la and I was like the way he said it it just triggered me and I think ever since that day I just haven't I'm trying to be team so so la really bad but it's just it's triggering at this point Allie I just don't know okay at one point it sounds like I'm on the hills which I was obsessed yeah. with the hills will not lie was there every day love Elsie but in mm-hmm. another way it feels like gentrification's final mm, nail mm-hmm, in the coffin. Mm-hmm. You know, it just feels like yep. gentrification has fi- it it's it's <laughs> yeah, over. There's yeah. no <laughs> give up. We're so so law. I can see yep. the shirts. I can I you know, oh, it's like a Portlandia. It feels like a Portlandia episode and I couldn't get past episode 1 of that series because it was so triggering. So I feel like it is making a comeback and I think in some mm. ways it's fun to nickname us it brings us status it you know it makes us feel you know we're current we're you know mm-hmm. we're we're in the game we're trendy i love that yeah. but i'm also like okay we're trendy and now we've lost our culture so i think yeah. i'm a little fearful of it but i can be team so so lot i think if it can make its way <laughs> i'm sorry i you can't you actually can't because every time you say it i laugh and that you are an elected official so we can't i'm go just trying like to this. imagine going to the capitol and being like, I'm representing So Salah. And then <laughs> trying to be like, please give us our money back that you've taken. Um, yeah, Speaker Wilson would be like, who? <laughs> who are you? You're from what? I could just see Senator Todd Weiler tweet when he yeah. figures out what, what So Salah The is. libs are at it again, trying to rename South Salt Lake. First the Columbus Center, then this. I know. I feel yeah. like they'll be like, okay, we, we tried to give you a little small town power mm-hmm. and because, you know, you asked for a sewage system, but now it's gone too far <laughs> and now you're being annexed. So I just, I, I, I could see that happening as well. But I don't know. If it makes its way to like some cool celebrity, then maybe, mm-hmm. like if Beyonce is like, oh my God, I am coming to Utah because of so, so lot that I'm game. So that's the barometer, Beyonce. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like it's also kind of a real estate thing, right? Like in in other big cities, when we get these neighborhood nicknames, it's really about like convincing people that the neighborhood has real estate value. But I also personally think that the cutest nickname for South Salt Lake is just saying South Salt Lake really fast. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Also, Salsa I would Lake. say... Salsa um, Lake. Headed down to Salsa Lake. Salsa Lake. It's Salsa so Lake. cute. Yeah, right? I also think our city has done a fantastic job of naming our neighborhoods. You know, it's probably mm. going to take 20 years for anyone to know that they're in a neighborhood. But, like, I'm in the riverfront neighborhood. And I think we already have neighborhood names that we're trying to coin. Um, and maybe, you know, it, maybe we have to have a cute nickname for each of those and then so Salah could go away. Okay, wait. Can you give me three South Salt Lake neighborhood names? Because I couldn't na- – I, I don't know one. To me, it's all just South Salt Lake. It's all South Salt Lake. Yeah. So there's um, River Run, Central cute. Point, and cute. the Water Tower. The Water Tower. That's cute. If you're by the Jordan yeah. River, Riverfront, um, mm-hmm. Central mm-hmm. Point, which is a new apartment that we have as well. So yeah. there's really cute names. Yard signs everyone can pick up at City Hall. Oh, my goodness. And okay. display it around. <laughs> South Salt Lake City Council member Natalie Pinkney, thank you so much for spending this time with me. What a joy. Yeah, this was so great. Thanks for having me, Allie. Hope to live in South Salt Lake one day. One day. I'll look out for homes for you. One more thing before we go. If you're looking for a local business to pop by this weekend, here is a delightful conversation between our CEO, David Plotz, and one of our sponsors, The Juice Shop. Hi, I'm David Plotz, CEO of CityCast. I don't just like juice. I don't just enjoy juice. I love juice, which is why I am so excited to be talking today to Mira Patel, the founder of The Juice Shop, a new juice oasis, a juice mecca, a juice and wellness garden of Eden in the Maven District. Mira, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of the podcast, so I feel so honored to be able to be on it and speak to you. Salt Lake is famous for swig culture, for your sugary, caffeine, crazy soda drink. So the juice shop, it seems like, is a great alternative for someone who wants something delicious, but maybe healthier. It really is. I think, you know, I grew up here and I was born and raised in Salt Lake City and I've seen swig culture grow and sort of proliferate through our community for so long. But I always felt like we needed healthier options and alternatives so that people can get that caffeine and that energy boost, but do it in a natural way that's good for them. And so, you know, after a roundabout way of moving away and living elsewhere and then coming back, I really wanted to open something that was just that. Yeah. And your name is The Juice Shop, but it's a very clear name. Congratulations. But you also (laughs) have superfood smoothies. You have hot beverages, grain bowls, toasts, good for you snacks and treats. So it feels like it is a, a lot more than juice. Yeah. You know, juice is pretentious. It's expensive. It's kind of obnoxious. And I feel like giving it a really simple name is, you know, here's what it is. Let's talk about why it's good for you. Let's talk about why it's delicious. I love that idea because, as I said, I love juice. But juice shops are often kind of cold, like they've got a cold sort of sterile aesthetic. And the juice shop is a warm place. You have great Wi-Fi chairs people want to sit in. Yeah, comfortability was super important to me. A lot of juiceries are grab and go because it's a small footprint in a small space. We really wanted to be deliberate and intentional of our space so that you felt welcome to grab your juice, grab a friend, sit down, have a conversation, eat something. We wanted food on that menu because a grain bowl and a green juice is a perfect healthy combination to nourish your body, but also just satiate your palate. And so, you know, we have plants everywhere and we've really invested in the space to make it feel really fun. We have amazing music. Our staff is super welcoming. We talk to customers for 15, 20 minutes at a time because we really want to get to know that customer and make them feel like this is their spot too. 
Mira, the juice shop is in the Maven District. What What is the Maven District? Yeah, the Maven District is a really special block. It's right off 9th and 9th. So there's plenty of parking. It's beautiful block of 90% women-founded businesses. A lot of us are first-time business owners. And it's super cross-functional. You know, we are a juice company, but we're right next to jewelry companies, right below a co-working space, you know, adjacent to a Pilates studio. There's just a lot going on on this block. We're right next to an arts academy. So children sort of stream out of their school and come right into the shop. And it's just a really nice welcoming block of like-minded businesses. We're all sort of in the wellness, making you feel good space. What is your favorite juice or your or your favorite ingredient? Ooh, um, ginger. I love ginger so much. Oh yeah, me too. You know, just by nature of being Indian, I eat, you know, a one-inch knob of ginger. I grate it in my morning tea. And uh, it's in our ritual juice. It's in our liquid sunshine juice. You know, we use it wherever we can. We use it in a lot of our hot beverages. We use it in a lot of our grain bowls and sauces and our our chili crunch, which has become a sort of infamous sauce that we put on a lot of things. Ginger's just so versatile. It's super good for you. It's super nourishing. It's anti-inflammatory, antiviral. It tastes good. So I think that would be my favorite ingredient. Where do you source your ingredients like your ginger? First and foremost, it's all about food safety and traceability. We want to be able to track everything from seed to fruit to ensure that we know what farm and what region everything is coming from. Local first is super important to us. We always aim to source local. It really depends on seasonality as well. A lot of our stuff comes from the Mountain West area. We have an ongoing relationship with growers who we love and trust. And so we support them as much as we can. So if CityCast Salt Lake listeners come in now, is there any kind of special, any kind of deal they can get? Yeah, we're doing a really fun special on our cold killers. So that is our hot beverage that's really meant to cleanse you from the inside out. That's ginger, turmeric, hot water, lemon, honey, local Utah honey, uh, black pepper, apple cider vinegar, and echinacea. It's so good for you and so yummy. We want people to come in and try that. So for the next two weeks, buy two juices and grab a cold killer on us. Check out The Juice Shop at 888 South 200 East. Follow them on Instagram at The Juice Shop SLC or see their menu at thejuiceshopslc.com. Mira, thanks for joining us on CityCast. Thanks for having me. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We'll be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend.